Trust me, you'll love it. Oh, I'm doing these private lessons for stage makeup for this little boy that I have taught that misses me, which is so sweet. And the parent reached out and was like, yeah, it was like, can you? For Christmas, he asked for lessons from you because I'm no longer teaching him at school. And I was like, I can't not. So, yes. But also, I really miss this child. He's amazing. That's adorable. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. It's not. We weren't talking about anything that exciting. Just that. Anyways, should we get started? Are you in a good place? Yeah, we're good to go now. Are you sure? Okay. Yes. I mean, we can we can definitely make it seem like something in the last 14 minutes was like seamless banter into this, too. Yeah, you're going to include all this, yeah? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll Great. definitely start start like as the 15-minute mark. Um, <laughs> uh, hey, I don't well, know. I then, think we could push it. I, <laughs> I think we could wait until, right, right until you got to end the episode, then introduce me and introduce what's going on. <laughs> well, this is... Uh, welcome to... Trust me, you'll love it. This is the show where guests uh, come on to uh, convince the world of their excellent taste, despite all evidence to the contrary. But we've got Michael Dean on with us today. Uh, Thank you and, for having uh, me. Mike, yeah, for sure. And I'm Tony Machete. I'm Taylor Machete. And uh, Michael, what are you going to be talking to us about today? The thing I will be talking to you guys about today is the Twilight Saga New Moon soundtrack. Yes, the, not the movie. We want to make not that clear the movie. up front. They have no interest in the movie. It's the the original motion picture soundtrack. And this is not an admonishment of the movie. I just am not a, a particular uh, fan of the movie myself. I don't really remember. I, I think the last time I saw it was in theaters. Or yeah, so, or some friends watched it in my living room one time, but that was I, I had to unclog a sink, so I missed parts of it. So for you, this this kind of stands on its own. <laughs> this stands on its own. This this separate of if I'd never seen the movie, I would still like this. How did you get exposed to this, like as an album? That's an excellent question. I remember that I had all of these on, like an iPod Nano. <laughs> I had every Twilight Saga soundtrack on an iPod Nano. I'd had at one point. I truly think it had to have been my sister because my sister was. Uh, big shout out to my sister, Lexi. Uh, Lexi! Yeah! <gasps> she was a big fan of the books. She was like an early adopter of the books and then also mm. had gotten all the soundtracks when the movies had come out and stuff. And I was really surprised. This is something like, especially like around fall time, I feel like it's a good little album. It's something I've revisited and just been like really surprised by like, there's partic- in particular two really killer pairings on here that are like surprising. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. One of them is the the Bonnie Bear Saint Vincent yes. one that you like, and the other one is shit. I don't know. It's yeah. gonna be easy. It's an easy guess because there's only one other track with two people on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's uh, "Slow Life" by Grizzly Bear uh, with Victoria Legrand, and Victoria Legrand, if you don't know, is the lead singer of Beach House, which is like mm-hmm. classic. Classic moody beach time vibes. Very good fun. So this is this is an interesting exploration for me because I, I did only know about half the bands on this this album. This is not necessarily my kind of music. Yeah, I think I'm gonna say I meant I meant to do a tabulation. I can do in real quick. One, two. Yeah, there's like three, four, four bands on four to five bands on here that like have truly done nothing else that i am aware of or that i think most of the internet is particularly interested in uh box populi i'm sure they've got some hidden gems and if people are are fans they would say otherwise but yeah um just the idea of a song with bonnie vera and saint vincent is very cool one thing that i like about this is that you know i did some uh, i did some digging into the wikipedia yeah absolutely get the background on it um, and uh, St. Vincent, um, for the song that they contributed, uh, they described it as vampire It's, uh, hey, I, I think that's truly what's fun about this whole thing is because, like, a good number of these songs, this is what's also unique about this as a, a like, a, a thing. 
uh, it's like a good number of these songs were written for it. Yeah, they all were. Yeah. They're they're all exclusive to this. I mean, the uh, summer remixes. I know summer remixes. Yeah, the, the Muse song they say is a remix, but they really just cut out like two minutes in the middle where normally the guy sings in French. <laughs> which to call that like a special mix is i don't know i think generous <laughs> but like the equinox that death cab song is what kind of one of my favorite death cab songs it's, interesting i know that's oh you hate it taylor hates it i let's let go <laughs> this is a this stuff is a lot more um taylor's vibe i feel like this is the kind of music that that taylor listened to a lot especially when we first yeah did. So I'm curious. I mean, we were about what Taylor and I were in the same drama class, so I'm sure the roots of our our moody music are not far, far from yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty aligned. High I school, would say. yeah. No, I like. I mean, I love Death Cab for Cutie. That was one of, I feel like my staples. But I don't know if this is my favorite Death Cab for Cutie. Song. Oh, I wouldn't say it's my numero uno. To be clear, but it's t- it's <laughs> up there, which I wouldn't argue either. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm generous. <laughs> There's also a part of me that you have to filter it through the bias. And I think if we were talking about any Death Cab song, I'd be like, this is up there for me. Oh, yeah, I, well, that's fair. I think that's a little bit my argument with a lot of the tracks on this album from the artists that I did recognize. They sounded like like the track sevens of like any album that they have. Like none of the... the <laughs> See, that's, I like- think, a boon of... Well, but let's... I Let me ask a broad stroke <laughs> yeah. for each of you... <laughs> Because I'm going to spend the whole time being like, oh, this is, I like this. Uh, like, yeah. what, as two people who are not particularly familiar with this, what were your uh, initial reactions and overall feelings? So I know where we are that way over the course of this. I, I can either try and sell you on it or uh, or not. So yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to jump in here because, so, I mean, I am, I mean, we're all the same age yeah. or in the same <laughs> from the same generation. So I was also um, one of the preteen teenagers that was obsessed with Twilight in terms- I'll say New Moon was actually Taylor and I's first date. Yeah, I was- Is that true? Okay, yeah, this is what I want. This is what I wanted to bring up (laughs) earlier is, yeah, Tony, you should tell the story of what our, what, I mean- It came out in October of 2009. So you guys had to have just like, that's first semester you met and went on a date and now you're married. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure, and it's all thanks to New Moon. Mm, I don't, I don't it's think it's all thanks to New Moon, and that's how good this this soundtrack was. And oh, I picked no. the perfect. I picked we're the perfect. We're giving choice. you, we're giving you too much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think that there is many, or there are many people that like adamantly defend Twilight still, or even defended Twilight when we were in high school because sure. it was kind of like an embarrassing thing too like i feel like especially i I don't know like that's where i came from as a teenage girl that was like oh yeah i want to be be in love and have love and be looked at like edward looks at bella and so i feel like the the connection here for me is there is some nostalgia um even though i didn't really enjoy the movies that wasn't something that i necessarily was tied to i really liked i liked reading the books but that's because you know you can make yourself be a part of the landscape but for in terms of music i was always really impressed with the the soundtracks for the twilight movies um i actually the first one was my favorite my favorite soundtrack it's a good soundtrack and that paramore song decode or is it decode yeah yeah i think i think it was decode it's yeah very good for and maybe this is wrong to me it felt like this sophomore effort by um what's her name Alexandra Patsavas was the music supervisor on this. She's like a, a big, cool yeah. music supervisor. She like to me, it, one, I wound up listening to this one more, I think, in part because a lot of those tracks now as an adult are not available on Spotify when you go to listen to that first one. And mm. two, I think after the success of that last one, like it feels like there was more control and money to really uh, knock it out of the park with this bad boy. As they go on, the soundtracks I I lose more and more interest in by like yeah the later ones. It's like CeeLo Green and then like Bruno Mars. I'm not a fan of, but not to yuck anybody's yum. It just doesn't feel like Bruno Mars is within the world of what totally. the vibe of this oh. is. It is worth noting the soundtracks for Twilight um, and Eclipse, the movie yeah. after this, both got Grammy recognition. This one got passed over. <laughs> this one got passed over. Well, 
That's yeah. a... But Alexandra Petsavas like covered both all of those. Um, but yeah, this New Moon did not get the same recognition that Twilight and Eclipse got. That's the thing, though. I don't. I don't necessarily think that Care? that's a merit. Well, sure. <laughs> But also, I don't think it's a merit of of superiority simply because it feels like a lot of times with um, like awards given, it's like sometimes you'll get an award on the third or fourth thing simply because it's you now and they're giving the award to you rather than the work, even though it was Hmm. Eclipse that received the award. (laughs) <laughs> it feels like truly what the award was was to Alexandra Patsavis's uh talent and momentum. Uh, she was an interesting character. I, I looked her up a little bit from this. Um and she's kind of famous or noteworthy for really using music effectively in soundtracks to like create a mood and to get the artists like a really big yeah. boost. Like she did um, music for a bunch of TV shows. She did for the OC, Grey's Anatomy, Gossip Girl, a bunch of other shows, Supernatural. Um, and uh, one of her kind of calling cards thing was like uh, the fray uh, that they had like yeah. how to save a life. That came big because of the scene that it was used in in Grey's Anatomy, apparently. Like, so she kind of introduced that song to the world, and that was, the song was like a big hit because of that. So she kind of got. Uh, that's how she was able to, I guess, get a lot of these big names and stuff to to write uh, exclusive music was because um, she she kind of had this reputation for getting you a new crowd, getting you a new I audience. I will say, in terms of exclusive music, I I it, it notes that Tom York contributed this track, and even though it does not appear on any other albums, that feels to me more like he had a song and was like, <laughs> yeah, you can use this. They already had the they already had the in with because they'd used fifteen step from In Rainbows on the previous movie. Didn't appear on the soundtrack though, I don't believe. I also will say as well, and not not to not to her credit, but like I feel like she whiffed it on like three or four of these artists. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, I like the songs that they have for this, but there's a handful that like they really didn't do a ton else. That's a shame. I wonder how it would feel being a part of like a band that got asked to be on a soundtrack that like became noteworthy as like kind of a kingmaker kind of thing and not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's not a- uncommon. I think that's kind of the like move, right? Is especially now with streaming, you toss an unknown on a larger, uh, like a, a, a soundtrack with larger artists and see how they fare as a little litmus test to see if they've got any get one did you know so not this is not related to really what we're just talking about but stephanie meyer listened to when she was writing the books yeah she listened to a lot of (laughs) music she listened to a lot of the stuff so i would like think that it probably was such a i mean she got her her books made into movies which is a confidence booster but like getting muse to like even though they didn't really necessarily write the song for this movie, they said they wrote this song for this movie or like, you know, um, remastered it for this movie. That was probably like something that she really held close to her heart. <laughs> I think truly one of the most wild and iconic things that I've seen on a screen in any movie, like still like what a cra- the whole time I was like, what's happening? In, in the, I think it's in the first movie, the scene with the, where they all play vampire baseball. To supermassive, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of wild to think that, like, I didn't know that about the Muse thing, and it's kind of just hitting me that Stephanie Meyer kind of got everything she'd ever wanted in life she could ever like possibly want. She, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I like she, everything just worked out so well for her. Like these books, like, became huge despite a lot of critics like bas- blasting them. It became a massive movie series they became this big um like musical phenomenon too she just wrote a new book for it like she really cleaned up yeah oh is it midnight sun is that what's is that coming out still okay i remembered i just remembered that she had started doing it in like to the like the mid 2000s or whatever late 2000s (laughs) and somebody leaked the first couple chapters and she got mad and to punish everybody was like well now i'm not finishing it oh my god it was like the best tantrum i've ever heard about it's an excellent tantrum 
because <laughs> I remember that happening because I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be so exciting, even though it's not because it's literally like the same book in a different perspective. I <laughs> so back to the music. No, Sorry, no, I just, just oh, I want to speak yeah. to uh, it, it's been mulling around on the tip of my brain. But Taylor, you made a really good point earlier of the vibe that these that the songs create like really put you in a certain kind of mood it kind of like makes you it makes you want to have a crush if that makes sense oh 100 <laughs> percent. yeah yeah well i feel like the like the adjective that is i don't know if it actually is a real adjective but being like vampire-y um <laughs> yeah i feel like is kind of fitting in this where it's, it's like that like yeah, it's like that dark yearning-ish. This soundtrack definitely has a very clear-cut mood. I took I took a class in college uh, on Slavic folklore, which was really, I just called it vampires and werewolves class because that's what it was about. <laughs> but like in their route, people, people were originally, I remember trying to roast Twilight for uh, being romancy or whatever. And being mm -hmm. like, the oh, vampires are scary, but it's like, no, in their in their root, vampire stories have always been, you know, romantic and suggestive. Yeah, because the very act yeah. of exchanging fluids, like, was the way my teacher put it, which I cringed at at the time. Mm -hmm. But yeah. like, <laughs> uh, like sucking blood is in and of itself sort of inher inherently sexual. The, like the the mouth on the neck. It's very, very intimate. intimate yeah 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 i mean uh, you know you mentioned that um this is like a good fall album like um i was listening to this this morning uh while i was like walking the dogs and it was like six o'clock in the morning it was still like gray out there's no one else around and i was definitely like i felt like i was in like a, a death cab music video like i should have been on like a subway alone yeah. that kind of thing <laughs> i that's the other thing i'll say too is like speaking to the vibe of this album is like I'm not a big OK Go person, and I don't think they f would f would fit this. But with the fact that this whole album has a specific like vampire quote unquote vampire vibe, the vampire version mm -hmm. of OK Go is a good time. I hmm. normally okay. for me, I don't know what the room, I don't know what the room feels. Normally, OK <laughs> Go if for me is a lot of like, oh, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 beep, beep sounds. <laughs> I just in a way that is like, them. yeah picture them on the treadmills yes and that exactly. music video yeah. <laughs> i think fits how i feel about every single song i yes. i hear where it's like yeah it sounds like these guys were having a good time <laughs> but it's not like i need to be there for it it's like yeah these friends are hanging out good good to know have fun guys <laughs> Yeah. Okay, go. I mean, like they made a choice with it's uh, for me. It's okay, go. And then editors who I'm not really super familiar with. The dude. What's the what's the name of that editor's song on here? Uh, no sound but the wind. Like the lead vocalist oh. is who's someone I'm not familiar with has a really nice, deep, calming and and passionate voice. And normally I, I was like scrubbing through other editors songs like it's very like rock and it's like to oh. slow down with the piano and his voice. It's like, man, that was it that this this found a good thing suited to your voice. Like I sort of wish some of the bands would have leaned into the vibe that was established here on this album. Yeah, I think that I think that they all like kind of accomplished what they were trying to do with with this. Like that's something I noticed like as I was listening to it. I don't think I could tell you one particular song that ever stood out to me, but as a whole they seemed to fit well together. That's why I say like they they kind of just sounded like generic versions of like that a lot of these performers like the Death Cab just sounded like a a fine death cap song the muse song sounded like yeah. a fine muse song like the tom york song hey, sounded like a fine tom, tom york song um so like on <laughs> on their own like i don't think any of them are like singles. i would They're argue not, like, bops, but that you're wrong and i'm okay. right <laughs> i would actually argue I, I would agree for most of these for most of that i think that's why this is interesting for me because it's where i listen to like an album all the way through i love to do a playlist or i'm like seeking out individual tracks and it's not like i necessarily seek out an individual track on this except for rosalyn the the bon the bonnie Vare and saint vincent track sure. it 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 feels like a little gem in here where i don't know it's like he's doing the the high what's the guy's name justin 
Justin Vernon is doing the uh-huh. like high falsetto thing and Annie Clark from St. Vincent's doing like a, a real deep voice and it just works well together and you never get to hear the two of them paired up otherwise. I will that's the that's the one I will make a case for of like it feels like it could stand to have a life outside of this. Interesting. And I will say, uh, I, I understand. I'm sure that that's where you're coming you from. Um, I, I, all right. Let's hear what Taylor thinks. Um, I, do, I don't remember a single goddamn Yeah, because you listen to it now, once. You can tell. On some run with no, some ugly dog that nobody's ever even heard oh, okay, of. Okay, okay. You want me to get on your side and maybe diss our dog? Sorry, I was dissing Tony's dog. When it's your yeah, dog. Taylor Taylor cares way more about a dog than I do. I don't care if they for that. <laughs> wow. Oh, God. I feel so emotional. A lot right of infighting. But no, I mean, it just stands to you. Like, I can look at the track list of this and be like, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure I heard the killers on there. But like, if you ask me which song was the killer song, I I think I if you listened to it, like where did you listen? I listened to it twice. I listened to it just like one time after another this morning while I was just doing chores, on, making I breakfast. Mean, specifically, like on Spotify. Oh, on YouTube. Um, no, okay, on YouTube. yeah, because the that killer song does not appear on Spotify for whatever reason, but it is on. YouTube. Yeah, the YouTube has um the kind of full like iTunes oh, cool. like, special yeah. release edition of it, which also had a Lupe Fiasco oh, song that I I think that that's the one that really does not. Fit I, in with the rest of the vibe. I like I Lupe Fiasco. I like Daydreaming, but that doesn't fit this at all. And I've never heard that song in my life. Yeah, it's not. It's not a great. Uh, it's not a great uh, track. There's actually nine different versions. Yeah, of this there's album. like different international versions. I listened to some of the uh, like uh, like Australia exclusive track and stuff, and they ain't worth a lot to me personally. They didn't shake out. I do feel like <laughs> I I didn't discover in my listening of those. Because I did an extra comb uh, after we decided to do this. Like, I didn't discover anything special. Uh-huh. I didn't really listen to any of the other foreign tracks because I, I can't imagine that another country would release a song that's better right, than yeah. what we could really yeah. hear. Oh, wow. Well, oh, God. Okay. <laughs> sure. This is <laughs> taking a turn. I enjoyed this soundtrack i don't necessarily know if i would fight for it as hard as you would though you don't know especially the song yeah, I mean, that you're talking about i liked the song i think i yeah. like i enjoyed you gotta it. go back and listen to it just on its own <laughs> well that's i mean that's the difference is that like i just listened to the album twice in a row and kind of just took it all in but taylor kind of took yeah. this song by song and like kind of looked at, looked at each one individually so I don't know. I, she she had a chance to to. So that and, and another thing that was interesting that I did, um, just talking about myself for a second, <laughs> when I was going through it, I went to because I wasn't sure what exactly you were going to argue. I didn't know if you were going to argue that like the album, like standing alone, was your favorite thing, or if no, it's not my favorite the, thing. Well, okay, you know what I'm trying to say. That something exists. that you would, yeah, 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 that you really enjoy that exists that you would. Um, you know, talk highly about. Yes, um, I just think it's severely underrated. Yeah. So what I was gonna say though was that, like, I I didn't know if you were gonna say that or if you were gonna say like that the mood that it created, which I think we talked a little bit about, yeah. that we also agreed with. But if the mood that it created, based off of the movie, like the scenes, was like the part that was like really powerful about it, was that like in each of these scenes, it really added another layer to them. And so I went through and like looked at the scenes that it came from and kind of like, you know, like the emotional impact that it had in those scenes. And the one that always, because probably because teenage Taylor is like, hello, (laughs) I, the one that like really hit home because of the scene, not because of the song itself was the song Possibility because that's the scene. I don't know if you remember which I part. I love Lucky is... Lee, but I don't remember. So that's the part of the movie where Bella is like grieving, um, where it's like her kind of like oh, in a depressive state. In and the it's, book, like... you just keep turning the pages, and it just says months. And it's like the months. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then on the on the in the movie, obviously, it does a similar thing. But she's sitting in her room, and it circles her, and you Oof. see like the seasons and things change, and and like the months, you know, saying on the on the screen and so like it it is very evocative and so i think that was the one that was like oof yes this one like this song is so what 
What I was going to say, maybe it's the, maybe it's the strength of your description or what, but it's like, I, I, I really feel that. And I'm like, I feel like I'm watching it right now or it's really hitting pretty good from like, I'm like, that's so sad. Yeah, that's so sad. That's so sad. I'm like pretty moved right now, honestly. Which I didn't know like, I was going to be like, like at bat for this, but here we are, you know? Yeah, I, I like this <laughs> distinction of the connections to the film because I think that's the mark of a lot of soundtracks. And I definitely think, too, like speaking to uh, the case that was being made for the first album, I have more of those uh, in that first one where it's like, you, you know, 15-step plays at the very, very end with the redhead vampires coming down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Is, is uh. A Thousand Years When They Dance on the Gazebo? Is that in there? Or am I- yes. Yeah, yes. exactly. like there's definitely more. I, the, the part of the reason too that I'm making the case for New Moon is almost because of, with the exception of this Licky Lee song, this stands. If 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 one is listening to this and doesn't like these books or movies, I think the album itself for me stands on its own two feet. I yeah, I don't disagree. Cool. I think that like I think that that song in particular was the one that was like oof this scene the rest of these songs Uh I don't necessarily like I looked at the scene but I wasn't like it was more like vampire-y moody music not necessarily like oh this scene this music fit I mean although it did it wasn't like I think with the first like I think you're right with the first soundtrack like you think about the songs like the songs and you think about the scenes and this one you don't necessarily do that except for possibility that one like yeah, that one hits for me. That one's <laughs> I get that. Deep. <laughs> the album did go platinum in the US, New Zealand, Ooh. and Australia. And something that I thought was interesting was that New Moon was set to be released on uh, in like November 20th, I think 2009. And the original release date of the album was a month before, on October 20th. Actually released four days earlier on the 16th due to, quote, overwhelming and unprecedented <laughs> demand. <laughs> people oh, were yeah. so thirsty yeah. for this record so wet for it they had i wonder it if did it it pre, what what date did you say it came out to be released uh, okay 10, so it came out four so days yeah. before oh wait no when did the movie come out so it's um, the movie came out a month after it was, so it, it was like late november that yeah. the movie was supposed to be released and so it was supposed to be a month early anyways and they just pushed it out even earlier because people so were craving it that's so interesting Taylor, wait what are you gonna say well, no. So it was the okay. So that's the the DVD release, not the filming. I'm pretty sure the soundtrack came so out before first before, the movie. before it was even in theaters. Before the theater. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm looking at it right now. Release date was November 16th, 2009. Yeah. That was the premiere, and then it went wide ah, November okay. 20th, four days later. Got it. Got it. Got so it. So it, it, yeah, the album dropped. It was the album was supposed to drop a month before. The album was supposed to drop a month before the wide release, but they pushed it up four days to a month before the premiere. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Just a couple quick facts, too, about the movie. 17th highest single day wow. opening ever in a, in a release. It's, it made $72.7 million in one day. Um, in the U.S. and Canada alone. Yeah, has a 20% <laughs> rock Wait, it's 17th, that 17th place is that for the film or the soundtrack? For the film. This is just for the new moon. Because I think that it is something that you kind of talked about earlier. It's, it was kind of one of those things that was yeah. cool to hate. But it was yeah. everywhere. I mean, this like you couldn't get away from this. And I think that's part of what drove this soundtrack's popularity, too, is that people just like were picking up anything Total. Twilight related. Also, not related to the soundtrack at all, but the movie got a uh, a, a 2010 Nickelodeon <laughs> Kids' Choice Award nomination for Best Movie um, and lost to uh, Alvin the Sequel. The Sequel. The Sequel. I lost to the Sequel. That's great. Yeah. The Sequel is a funny stink. marker of a time in my life, too, because I remember I, I, I think I'd moved to Los Angeles and one of the people i was living with she had worked on the squeakquel and even though i'd never seen the squeakquel i'd never seen the first one i didn't care about alvin the chipmunks i remember being deeply impressed that she had worked on the squeakquel i was like wow that's that's big time wait i need to know what was the rotten tomato score for the squeakquel yeah that's a good point let me look it up i also want to know what movies have a lower rotten tomato score than new moon but also we don't have to i mean i mean i know that i feel like Um, that's gotta be a bummer thing where it's like that's probably not a fair 
rating, right? The tomato, the, oh, how does it pronounce? The tomato meter? Well, the tomato meter? <laughs> I don't know how to say yeah. tomato. I guess it's just tomato it's meter. I don't know. I think so, yeah. <laughs> the tomato meter's uh, like it's, determined it's by Vox Populi. And I'm sure it's the kind of thing of like people were like, this thing is whack. I'm just going to go and downvote it, even though they hadn't even watched the film. Well, I mean, with, with that, like the aggregate score that Rotten Tomatoes does, the actual percentage score, um, it's misleading because um, the percentage is the percentage of verified oh, right. critics. Tomatoes are like, critics. Um, the no popcorn is, um, the, actual is the professional, people. But it's, it's the percentage of critics who gave it a positive review. So it's not that like, every critic who watched it said like this is one fifth of a good movie it's that 28 percent of the critics who who watched it gave it what was clearly well, how many a favorable of those critics couldn't be so, honest because they were yeah. too embarrassed yeah it's good point yeah i think that's the thing uh, probably a lot of critics were like oh, i had to watch the dumb sparkle vampire movie I'd yeah rather be watching yeah and how many again. critics how many of those critics are men and they would have so much shame being like i liked new moon <laughs> sorry let me put let me put gender on it <laughs> no i think that's fair I, I, I was like yeah she's right no. I'll, uh, I'll throw out there too the the rotten tomato score for alvin and the chipmunks oh, oh interesting so, so they Take won that. yeah so no. that pretty much proves my point. Thanks, guys. It's been great. <laughs> I, uh, mean, you now or? <laughs> I mean, I think, I don't know. I should, like, also say that I also don't really like New Moon, even though I'm defending it a lot. I This was my least favorite book, but I think, again, I'm going to go back to teenage preteen Taylor self and be like, this was the saddest one, so it was the hardest for me to to exist with <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i think that i mean we watched all the movies together i haven't read any of the books but i watched all the movies with taylor um and i feel like this one is the one that i mm. remember the least like i feel like i don't nothing remember was really particularly any of them except for the first for the most part and then i also god what is it i think maybe one of the one of the breaking new- dawn part two I think one, yeah, one, the the director of Strangers with Candy directed it. Oh. Uh, no, no, not Strangers with Candy. Oh, Sorry, really? Hard Candy. <laughs> with Ellen Page. <laughs> oh. Okay. That's not the, that's <laughs> not the first like time I've done that. <laughs> uh, Eclipse was uh, directed by uh, David uh. Slade, who also directed Hard Candy and 30 Days of Night and all these other things. And something that sticks out in my mind about it is, um, oh, what's the name of that cool vampire? I want to get this. Uh, I guess they're all cool, right? Because they're all vampires. There's a part where the yeah. werewolves are uh, like chasing somebody. I, I think so. Is that right? I think so. The one with like he was in the first movie as well as the friend of the Cam Gigandit vampire. Uh, but he like helped them find wow, it. You remember a lot about and- this. He's like with the dreads. Yeah, I, don't know. I guess I did. But um, there was a part I remember. I went into I think this was a blockbuster video. This is how long this was, uh, where they were playing the movie with the director's commentary, and the the uh, the director David Slade was uh, like, if I'm not mistaken, that's that character is supposed to be killed by the werewolves in that moment in the book, but in the movie he turns and fights the werewolves. And the director's explaining, he's like, yeah, we were on set and um, the actor was like, uh, hey, I don't want to run away. What if I uh, what if I turn and fight the werewolves? And I said, uh, yeah, man, go for it. (laughs) 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 And I'm sure I'm like editorializing or like hyperbolizing what I remember. But I remember thinking like, damn, dude, you really didn't give a shit about this movie that much that like somebody was like i want to fight the werewolves and you were like yeah do it we'll figure it out <laughs> fucking go for it oh yeah, my gosh. and i think without that moment we would never would have had yeah. the underworld yeah. saga as well the whole underworld I mean, we both that, that. that was that predates it by um one last uh <laughs> one last um, factoid that this I want to throw out factoid, as well. Um, <laughs> this is the last factoid, I swear, guys. Um, 
the what's the difference between a fact and a factoid? I, I think a fact is it like I, I have an um, opinion about this. I feel like a fact is like hard data driven, and a factoid is still data driven, but mm-hmm. has like a like a tinge of editorializing, if not in the truth, in the voice. Mm. Great. Well, this definitely is a factoid then, because this I thought was very funny that I read in the Wikipedia for the soundtrack is that. Um, Hot Topics across the country held mm. listening parties for the album when it was released on the 16th, um, where you could go to Hot Topic and you could hear the whole album from start to finish, as well as, quote, special messages from <laughs> the artist. That's so funny. <laughs> Which I, don't, I thought it was so funny to think that, like, hey, this is Ben Gibbard. <laughs> Thank you for coming to Hot Topic and listening to Meet Me at the Equinox. We hope to meet you at an Equinox yeah. soon. The idea that Mr. Postal Service is like, gotta sell albums at the Hot Topic. <laughs> I mean, at least they leaned in. Yeah. They got probably lots of money yeah. before doing it, Yeah, too. which rules. Yeah, <laughs> rules so hard. I wonder... I wonder if it was like uh, they just say special messages from the artists. I couldn't figure out anymore about who actually contributed. I wonder if it was just those like lesser known bands. I wonder right. if it was just like the guy from the editors that was like, hey. Also, special messages. It doesn't denote that they recorded them. So it genuinely could be like Benny from St. Vincent says, uh, hey guys, thanks. There's just somebody reading a note that she wrote. <laughs> Tom York says, I love my fans. Tom York says, who are you? Yes, there is one more thing that distinguishes this like the this soundtrack and this film from the others, orally, A-U-R, uh, is uh, Alexandre, and I'm sure I'm not saying his last name right but Desplat Desplat he's the guy he does the last mm-hmm. track on this uh soundtrack um which is a piece from the score and he did he's the composer of the whole score and he's he's somebody who mm-hmm. when I like looked back at this I was like oh yeah why do I like this guy because I know his name and he does a ton of like all of the recent Wes Anderson stuff from like Fantastic Mr. Fox on oh. I'm always a big fan of like the music of Wes Anderson, be it like the repertoire choices or the original scores, be it Alexandre Desplat, because that's the thing is Mothersbaugh did like all of the earlier ones, Life Aquatic and stuff, Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo. And so I remember when there was a new composer doing Wes Anderson stuff, I was like, yeah, but this dude's very like prolific. And he also did The Shape of Water and King's Speech. And it's like definitely within his wheelhouse and makes sense that he did this because he also then did uh, Deathly Hollows part one and two. Oh, oh he's, he's another art boy who also can go uh, blockbustery and uh, uh, makes the blockbustery thing better for it. And he named the track New Moon. So yeah. very original. Yeah, original, I would say. I think they put New Moon, but in parentheses, <laughs> it's the, the meadow, meadow. Yeah, which I think for him, that's what it's called. But they were like, <laughs> I mean, the movies, New Moon. This is the big thematic so- one. Some of these tracks, you could tell that the artists were taking, like, they didn't try too hard. I mean, there's one called Shoot the Moon. There's Meet Me at the Equinox. The Lupe Fiasco one is um, Solar, Midnight Solar Midnight is such or something a like funny that. Like, Because <laughs> I saw that somewhere before yeah. you said that earlier. I was like, Nonsense. And I remember thinking, like, what does Solar, is Solar Midnight Noon? <laughs> I, I guess right solar midnight would have to be high noon cowboy noon. high noon yeah <laughs> nonsense yeah i i feel like the most of the artists just got the direction like we want like pretty but sad right. and the movie the is funny the funniest one to be like, actually play. is the the killer's one of white demon love song <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I will argue Seawolf, a lesser known band. Actually, that's not true. They've got some really good little uh, indie mm-hmm. songs. Um, but they did Violet Hour, and Violet Hour I, is also a, a little standout one for me, and it's not too on the nose. I like that one a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I like that song a lot. With that, speaking of liking stuff, I think <gasps> um, we're going to move into a, a segment that wait, uh, wait, I think we're calling. Wait, wait, wait. Um, Hold on. I just, need to, I just need to what? say oh, that to the Violet Hour, one of my okay. notes that I put is that it sounds like a Halloween song done by Cat Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's why I love it, right? Oh, my God. It's 100% why I love it. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. 
a Halloween song done by Cat Stevens. Oh man, that's great. Sorry, I needed well, to say that because I needed. Try, I was I'm glad you did on that. That's a good no, and I'm. I wish. Yeah, I wish you would have opened with that. <laughs> oh, for sure, that would have changed the whole vibe of this. Um, but yeah, we'll jump into the voices of the people. This is where we hear um, what other people have had to say about about New Moon, the original motion picture soundtrack. Um, so as far as professional ratings go, um, it, it actually was rated pretty high by most places. Um, Rolling Stone gave it three, out of, uh, three and a half stars. Um, IGN gave it nine out of ten. Entertainment Weekly gave it an A. Um, there's really only a couple, a couple professional ratings that I found that were, were fairly low down there. Some uh, tidbits from the reviews. <laughs> I was waiting the for review. <laughs> it, 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 this was one of the lower ones, and they do say that hardly anybody here sounds anything better than pleasant, which is rough. I'm not sure what you think about that. However, the uh, IGN, excuse me, uh, said that it comes through with a mix of tunes that will floor Twilighters and Twilothers alike. And uh, Entertainment Weekly, EW, said it may sway even the most committed. I've twi- never heard the Twilothers, the phrase Twilothers, and I'm not, so, I don't know that I'm a fan. Yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah. when we were all calling you, joined, yeah. Yeah. you joined one time. I also think, I, I guess they expanded out uh, into entertainment and stuff, but it's very funny to me that IGN was like, yes, us, the video game website, would love to weigh in on a soundtrack for a movie about a book about vampire love. <laughs> Drowned in Sound, the magazine Drowned in Sound, um, the way they described it, this isn't necessarily about the review, but it just made me laugh. Um, if they said, New Moon is basically a story about yearning for lost love. And to reflect this, the film needed a fitting soundtrack. Which yeah. I think is just what a well, music also, supervisor that's like, does. That's like, that but... feels to me like you're trying to meet word count to get the paycheck. It feels like you're doing a report at two in the morning where it's all that sentence says is soundtracks should uh, be for the movies that they're for. Which is like, yeah. Or just some really bad SEO. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Consequence of Sound, I believe they're the ones that said this one, uh, said that it might not go down as a defining album that you forever associate with 2009. But it could be remembered as the coolest mixtape Hollywood's put like out in that. a long while. So it looks like Ooh. a lot of the critics yeah, were really, behind I'm John really this. sort of a tastemaker. So it doesn't surprise <laughs> me that the critics followed along. And the New York Times <laughs> review was paywalled, so I couldn't read it. Thanks for fucking paywalling. Did you, did you use up your free review. reads freaking out about the election <laughs> <laughs> earlier this month? <laughs> it's pretty fucked up yeah I, I guess i refreshed the page yeah. too many times trying to wait for arizona to turn blue and now i can't read this review on amazon the soundtrack has 4.5 stars based on 784 reviews uh 73 uh, percent of them five you think stars. It's the devil bezos old, old jeff bezos getting in there and being like i like this i like this album you think he goes through and <laughs> reviews them all on amazon yeah. Yeah. he made every amazon employee submit a review <laughs> Some other uh, users said, absolutely perfect, better than anticipated, and I hope the movie lives Amen. up to the soundtrack. There was, uh, there was an interesting, a couple interesting reviews that I wanted to write out. I guess this is the part, I didn't really consider this while I was uh, planning yeah. with Taylor about what this podcast was going to be, but I guess this is the part I, where I just straight I'm up excited about, I was just excited about um, the fact that there was a segment. I mean... <laughs> I feel like so many podcasts is like, yay, yeah. uh, talk, go for an hour. And then I was like, oh, there's a segment. Very special. Well, so there's one five-star review from a Jennifer um, that says, the CD plays fine. The CD... <laughs> the CD itself was in fabulous shape. The case was cracked, but it was an old library copy. I just swapped out the case. What matters is the CD plays all the way through with no scripts. I would buy what a game a from the funny, What a show. funny... What a... What if that's what Not I would worry about the quality of the music? <laughs> hey, say what you will, it works. The, no, the I love tech the is there. It's tried and true. The theory is solid. The theory is solid. I gotta say, guys, these people said they put out songs, and songs were on this bad boy. <laughs> I mean, wait, um, hold on. It was one two-star review. You always, um, you always say <laughs> that, like, we need to not be, like, so binary with our opinions, either good or bad. I mean. Absolutely. There we are. <laughs> we can just be we can just be data from Star Trek about it. There was some tweet that I, I read the other day that's, like, the best um, thing to say when you, like, go to see, 
your when your performer friends is terrible show that that you, the best like non compliment that you could give him at the end of your <laughs> hey, life is like hey buddy you did oh, it oh the again. one I heard I thought you were gonna say is looks like you're really having fun up there oh yeah uh, if somebody ever tells me that I uh, don't know what I would do yeah oh. you know this isn't necessarily uh, uh, Jermaine but. One of the things that I remember, uh, Taylor, is in high school, every time my grandma saw you in a show, every, any t- every time my grandmother saw me in a show sometime, one of the first things she would say to me was like, God, your friend Taylor Venezio is so funny. I feel like I remember you telling me that in high school, and I remember kind of noticing that it affected you a little too much. <laughs> Well, I got, I got, <laughs> I, I got my, uh, I don't know, recompense in that. Like, anytime Grant's grandma came to see Grant in a show, one of the first things she would say to Grant was that I was very funny, <laughs> and or that I was very good, and I was always like, oh, cool, nice. Oh, I love that so much. Uh, I, Nana likes me. This is really not Jermaine, but uh, and I hope that he doesn't mind. Uh, I hope that he doesn't mind me sharing this little anecdote. But <laughs> our mutual friend Andrew Conalog, uh, we went to high school together, and um, I don't know if I've sh- shared this with Taylor at all before, but he he like wrote and directed a short musical like for one of the, the theater projects. Um, and the first time we did it, I was cast as the lead part, and his mom was like very happy for me, like she thought I did a really good job. And then they restaged it later. Um, but they wanted somebody who was actually like musically sound because I'm just not really a singer. And so they recast the part <laughs> and she refused to go see the show again, even though her, her son directed and wrote it. Because she's like, no, I don't think it's fair that they recast Tony. <laughs> well, I got to know, Tony, is there any other segments um, to this bad boy? There is. Well, there, uh, oh, there is going to be, yeah, yeah. but there's a few more reviews I want to get through, to be honest. I'm not, no, 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 I'm not um, trying I know to we're rush you. I'm just long, still thrilled by the idea of segments. It's going to be one more that at least that we talked Very about. Good. Who knows as we get more episodes into this. But um, there's a two-star review um, that starts off, as a Twilight-obsessed mom with three Twilight-obsessed teenage daughters, <laughs> we are bonkers for everything Twilight. Uh, but they they say that um, they they read through all the books a few times, but they they love everything about Twilight except Ugh. the New Moon soundtrack. They said um, it was major disappointment when they first heard it. Every song sounds exactly like the last one. Oh, every male sure. singer sounds like every other male singer on the soundtrack, and the same for the female singers, <laughs> which we noted there were few. So how's that one? Maybe uh, uh, mine. Maybe I'm doing. I'm trying to do the math right. real quick on here. There are definitely more <laughs> men than women. That's unfortunate, but I will say it's wild to say. I don't really know Anya Marina, but she doesn't sound anywhere near as good or anything like Lickie Lee or Saint Vincent or Victoria Legrand from Beach House. Beach House and Saint <laughs> Vincent sound nothing alike. Benjamin Gibbard and Tom York sound nothing alike. So yeah. this idea that. I, I understand we've spoken to the overall <laughs> vibe of it being homogenous, but to argue that the all of the vocalists sound the same, this woman has a drug addiction. <laughs> and not to demonize that because we need more compassion based <laughs> uh like approaches to that. Uh and I think we should decriminalize that. But, you did wrap up her by saying But this is her <laughs> she did <laughs> She wrapped up by saying, I will still buy okay. it because I can't imagine not having a piece of anything Twilight. Yeah, cle- so, clearly. She does have <laughs> oh an addictive goodness. personality. This proves it. This, and just kind of in the spirit of this podcast, you know, with the idea of, of defending, you know, stuff that the rest of the world might not like, I did want to look at some of the one-star reviews, even though this was a very popular soundtrack at the time. And I did notice an interesting theme with a few of the one-star reviews. I'm just going to read a, a couple out here. I bought this as a gift for my niece. However, when it arrived, I noticed that it was an LP, not a CD. Did I mistakenly order a record rather than a compact disc? I don't know, but that's what came, and now I can't return it because it's opened. Why did they even make LPs anymore? Jeez, I don't know anyone that's that even has poorly, a record player. Also, what do, you, uh, what do you mean it's already opened? You had to get the vinyl out to realize it wasn't a CD? It's a pretty significant size difference, if nothing else. I'll, I'll continue. The next one-star review that I read, um, wrong CD in the case. The Twilight soundtrack was put in the case instead of the New Moon CD. Weird. The next one, it's like the CD music doesn't match the packaging and what, what the songs mean? are supposed to be. <laughs> and finally, received the CD, supposed to be a soundtrack of Twilight New Moon. It was wrapped and looked like a new item, opened it up, and it had a totally oh, different CD. Who's been by skilled? Skilled. <laughs> 
I don't know. But they included this a picture been... of it. And like, so there seems to be the the main thing people didn't like about the soundtrack was that they kept on getting this would have been Atlantic Records. So I can't imagine that packaging. it's them as the distributor. It had to have been because it's especially this is 2009 yeah. Amazon had to have been like independent distributors yeah. who were doing things that were hinky the uh, the lp the person who got an lp instead of a cd got it on in 2010 <laughs> and the other three were all from 2018 2019 so apparently for the last 10 years, i hope it's one guy and i hope he's listening and i say hey nice nice griff you're keeping all those CDs to yourself. Very cool. <laughs> he somehow like he he went in like a, outside of like an Empire Records or something like that that um, was getting rid of a, a garbage bag full of New Moon CD cases that they weren't going to use anymore, and he's just getting buy, rid of everything. Just in his this, you could buy jewel cases in bulk and then print a bunch of the uh, art to put inside, and then put whatever CD you want in there. That's true. <laughs> Hope we're not blowing uh, blowing just the shrink wrap it. Whoever, good, whoever yeah. that is, I don't think that like anybody that's going to fall for that is going to listen to this podcast. I don't. I, you're really underestimating my appeal. My really broad. <laughs> <laughs> broad appeal the the last little segment that we want to add just because we've been talking so much about something that um, we think is underappreciated you know, that's that's even out the balance in the world is something overappreciated <laughs> this this segment is called trust me it sucks just like we would like to go around and have each of us say just one thing that we feel like is overblown in society people respect it too much and it's it's got to go um, yeah. If you I've say what, if you say this, so I'm gonna start. the thing that and, we agree uh, on, I'm going to be really upset with you. <laughs> no, it's the thing that I actually <laughs> complained about this earlier, and you said that you don't think it's a problem. Um, it's oh, yeah. restaurants that Ooh. have too many variations of ranch. You know, they, they have all the, they offer all these sauces. You know, that are that are for for your appetizers or whatever. But it's like Chipotle ranch, smoky ranch, barbecue ranch, spicy ranch, like. You know, they're all just ranch at the end of the day. And I'm like tired of it because there's so many other sauces you could have. And, uh, you know, just, we don't need that many more variations of ranch. I don't need three different variations of ranch, you know, uh, so with the different entrees before, that I get. Before we move on, I want to just you know? make sure I understand this segment. Is this <laughs> things we think are overrated or is this your little window to pitch uh, late night monologue jokes <laughs> or uh, Seinfeld material? <laughs> This okay, is, cool. I've been, I've been cool, cool, cool. cool. Just, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. I was like immediately racking my brain for like, what is what is fiction? What's art uh, that's being put out right now that's not living up to its responsibility? And then you came in with, what's the deal with all the different kinds of ranches? And I was like, oh, okay. No pressure. <laughs> I will say, uh, I mean, we never said that the foundation of this um, podcast is based on art or pop culture at all. Uh, we did. We have other yes. episodes lined up for things that are just inanimate objects that. that people think that are not used and enough. And some food that I'm so. <laughs> excited about. I almost, I almost did. For, uh, yeah, but was, uh, Taylor, don't let me yeah. step on your toes. Oh, no. I would love it if you went next. <laughs> are you sure? I mean, I... I could, I, I but could. I'm trying to buy myself time, but I'm trying oh. to seem cordial and seem like it's a selfless thing. <laughs> well, let's keep talking then. We can buy our, each other time. I see. Wait, wait, pause. There's sometimes no, like, us, like a us, ranch, and there's like a wait blue cheese. It, blue wait, cheese is often just like Tony the ranch. Anyway, should we talk about uh, how we feel about? <laughs> varieties i guess yeah i think i think being against too many too much variety is overrated i think the variety is the spice of life and ranch could use some spice (laughs) yes 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 but i just don't know why it's all variations of ranch i mean like there's there's a whole world of sauces out there you know give me like a gochujang kind of based like uh, sauce. Give me, give me some, like a gyoza kind of sauce. It's like a little vinegary, a little teriyaki. You know, there's there's so many ways you can go. Like, give me a tzatziki. Yeah, but where's tzatziki the tzatziki and the, the gochujang? Ranch, like the like so the more. like a gochujang mayo. Like you're just arguing different ranches. Still. Exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Like Tony, With Tony, the... no, you're the same. You're the same person. You're the same mayo. person that's, that's like saying. I don't like mayonnaise, and then goes to a fancy restaurant and they give you aioli, and you're like, all right, oh, deal. aioli. Mm. Mr. Fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Aioli is different. It's him. 
No, that's, I mean, this is my problem is that it's this American sentimentality that like us all sauce starts with a base of mayo. Like I didn't say gochujang mayo. I said a gochujang <laughs> sauce. And you're just like, all right, so it's mayo and what else? Like, <laughs> tzatziki, um, it started with mayo, then what? Do you put some Greek stuff yeah. in it? Right? <laughs> I mean, I guess. I, I will say I do love just straight gochujang. I assumed you were talking about gochujang mayo, but I do just love like chili paste. For sure. Yeah, I think that it's a great underrated sauce. And I mean, yeah, I guess you could like taper it with something like a little bit yeah. creamier or whatever to make it better for American palates. But I think that you could see it's it's cheap. It's not like it's expensive, really. You could definitely put some fermented Where, pepper oh, paste, yeah, on wings uh, you know, That's to go along time. with your wings or whatever. So your chicken tenders. Forget about it. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Chicken you put gochujang on the tenders themselves, but Come on. You, you don't want to dip it then in more. I think that's probably part of it is the, the it doesn't matter. We don't need to get, it's all about the no, variation. Think, A I dipping sauce. This more. Okay. <laughs> I was saying, keep going. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I've, I've said my piece. All right. All right. Oh. I guess I'm not necessarily against more ranch-based options but i also can appreciate the idea of more variety of anything else too so like i think you can have both tony yeah oh boy <laughs> typical liberal response yes. okay <laughs> Why do we have to change what we already no, have Can't we just i think add to it that's not what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with, I, I'm one of those people that really dislike pitch perfect. And I Ooh. know that is something that is very okay. heated when people talk about it. My sister gets very offended that I say I don't like it because she thinks that I'm pretentious, I think, a little bit in terms of she's like, well, you're just too good for pitch perfect. And maybe I am, <laughs> but I'm just really, I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> I think it's bullshit because I don't I don't like it either, and like I I do like kind of trash movies like that. Like I love <laughs> Mean Girls. I think Mean Girls calling is a it a trash movie. movie. I think like yeah, but it's a, like a good kind of movie that's like a little bit like silly like that. Um, Pitch Perfect I think is trying too hard to be that. Yeah. Like it it decided that that's kind of the vibe that it wants to go go with, yeah. and like I think that it's it's all very like I clinically done. Don't, I don't know. Think any real I've never it. seen Pitch Perfect, but. Um, I like I like oh, okay. the people involved, and I will say one time, uh, I do know the cup song. I don't know how to do the cup thing. And one time, I taught uh, a, a waitress at a burger bar how to yeah. do the cup thing, and she gave me a free beer. So hell yeah, oh yeah. I think that that cup thing is one of the reasons I hate it, though, um, because I mean, we're this all. came out while we were both in in college, and like in a in a theater department in college, it, I mean, it, it was really too, fucking yeah. annoying because everybody saw that, like all the musical theater kids. Went and saw that, and like, like in the study rooms and stuff, there was always just like two or three yeah, people at least yeah, at any given so time. Like, I guess I'm not like a get routine. off their lawn, like my lawn kind of person in terms of Pitch Perfect. Like that didn't so much upset me. But I mean, <laughs> okay, well, I relate. I really, I, I think that's the thing is I have a hard time yucking anybody's yum. I, yeah, yeah. I don't disagree, but like me saying that I dislike. Sure. Pitch Perfect doesn't necessarily Valid. say that nobody can like Pitch Perfect, you know? Yeah. Michael, uh, you got anything? Yeah, uh, big swing here, sport. I think the idea of sports fandom, uh, like <laughs> celebrity sports people, I think it's, it's wildly <laughs> overrated. And I know people will not like that I said this, or maybe they will. Who cares? No, I oh, think so, I think so that's the bummer about like it, right? Is, is funneling all of like this money sport. into like <laughs> yeah. jerseys and things. Um, and it these people who who move from city to city, I, I understand that's part of it, but like well, just go play sports with your friends, right? Actually be physically active. This avatar mentality of like uh, being like, we did it. We won the game. And it's like, guy, you just stuffed your face with wings <laughs> on a couch. You didn't You didn't do anything, man. Like all the money yeah. surrounding it. Like it's, it's a very, uh, I'm, sure there, I'm sure there's people who love it for certain reasons. But I also just be like, no, actually go, go see, go do some weird yeah. baseball game yourself. And also go buy beers at the local baseball field while you watch your friend's weird baseball team. Yeah. 
Yeah. This is less of yeah. a, a yucking sure. of somebody's like, yum and more of a celebration I, I of bespoke uh, sports. Yeah, it's a celebration of like little league and like intramural kind of sports. I agree. I think that I I do enjoy sports. I know that that's like a kind of cliche thing for like. That's why I, I was like, kids, I'm just going to phone it in on this sports ball. <laughs> Did you score any touchdown field goals or whatever? But I, I mean, I really enjoy watching a lot of sports for the most part. But I I do hate sports fans and like I don't I. I don't understand that mentality of like, um, I gotta do the special I, I gotta watch routine. This I gotta game. wear, I gotta make I gotta sure wear the jersey. That, you know, it, gotta, it goes according to plan. Yeah. I'm gonna fucking well, yell at my I know son somebody who, like, will be that, like, <laughs> is like hanging, like, she'll be hanging out with family and, like, having a day. And then, um, uh, a game will be, get, like, will, it'll be time for a game. And she will, like, shut everyone up and like be Ugh. like i have to do this now like it doesn't matter what we're doing i don't want to be a part of it anymore yeah. i need to be watching this game i do oh, sorry no it's fine i do sort of miss <laughs> i don't have that i just miss the urgency that used to come with tv and i think like sports is the last place that that yeah. happens is i've there- never Sorry, I'm never like I gotta I gotta I gotta go I gotta watch this live tonight at 7 p.m. the way I used to what what were the type of shows that did that to you for me I remember two shows that were the big ones uh one was heroes season one I would be I would be like at a key club uh and I, I'd be like this bad boy's running long I gotta get home because heroes is about to start and I would sometimes leave the meeting early even though I was like I was like a member, like a high, I was a, a, I don't know, sergeant at arms or something weird. Um, a board member? Yeah, a board member. And then the other one was actually Pinky and the Brain in their final season did a serialized story where uh, the gerbil from Brain's childhood came back and was taking oh, yeah. over the world by using subliminal messaging in Blabba Song, which is like a, a parody pastiche of ABBA. And Pinky and the Brain had to save the world from this gerbil so that way they themselves could take it over. And it was like a five-part arc, and I remember it being, like, killer. And that was the first time I was familiar with, as a child, I was like, I don't know, probably, like, I think it was, like, probably, old, like, on the older end, like, 12, 13. But I was, like, the first time I was really familiarized with serialized television that I cared about. Interesting. I don't think... Oh... Oh, oh. That's interesting. There are... Okay, because I'm trying to think of the times that that's happened to me. And I feel like I don't really have a lot for me specifically, but I do have one. But when I was in, like, when Survivor was really big, my mom was so obsessed with Survivor. (laughs) And she would literally unplug, like, the landline so that nobody could call us or, like... That's and so funny. Yeah, it was so intense when it was survivor time and she would yell at us if we <laughs> talked. And like yeah, it was very intense in my house when Survivor was on. Um I love it. yeah. Then the other thing is is that actually now, um, which this is not something that I necessarily have felt, but like Tony and I during COVID on Thursdays, this was like our one thing that we like really looked forward to. Um, was Taskmaster being launched on That's they so funny. they uploaded a new Taskmaster every Thursday on YouTube and that was yeah. like the, our thing and like our highlight of the week. It was it was really sad. Like um, the two things you would look forward to most weeks of of COVID were on Thursdays uh, the Taskmaster channel on YouTube would upload <laughs> a new full episode and on Wednesdays it's dollar forty nine bean burritos at Filibertos. And I remember once we both like had like a genuine moment of sadness <laughs> realizing that like those two things would never overlap like we'll never have get the perfect it, day freeze it and then try your hardest i mean it's also one day later so we could refrigerate it and eat it the next day but oh, but um well, i just Michael, want to promote so uh, mariner um it's a full length uh, 90 page oversized graphic novel the art is really really beautiful and it's for sale now um, off my website, yomichaeldean.com. It is excellent. Taylor and I have a copy. Um, it's, it's very well done. It's, uh, it's truly something that um, I believe any, any listener of mine, any friend of mine 
Um, well, who, and it would be such a good Christmas present if, if this episode comes out too before. Like, I think that one thing a lot of people are talking about right now mm -hmm. is just like, this is the time if you have an income still, like support artists, support like small businesses. Absolutely. Like, this is this is what we should be doing. We shouldn't be necessarily yeah. buying things off of Amazon when all of us are hurting no. so much right now. Um, and if you try an order off of Amazon, you're going to get sure. an LP when yeah, you want you're it. Like <laughs> yeah, what the hell? I, I opened up the Whoa, that'd be, that'd be kind of a get, of Submariner issue 42. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's probably actually worth a lot right now. Um, but yeah, for sure. Um, if you're an aunt or uncle or something, this would be a great way to connect with maybe a younger member of your family. It's all ages. So even if you're a niece or nephew, it's great, great game um, for your aunt it. or uncle. The aunts and uncles out there are loving it. Uh, yo, Michael Dean uh, at gmail.com. And one more time, um, that website. It's Y-O-M-I-C-H-A-E-L-D-E-A-N.com. Did I say at gmail.com? Oh, that's my email. So I mean, if you want to email me too, that's fine. Yeah. Yo, Michael Dean is all of it. Uh, it's my Twitter. It's my Instagram. Um, yo, Michael Dean.com for my website and yo, Michael Dean at gmail.com. If you want to email me thoughts or concerns about uh, my opinions in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say emailing you now to get a comic be like can I can I have one it'll <laughs> work I'll I'll link you or... <laughs> I also just love the idea I think I'll do that on any podcast from now on just giving people your email to be like hey if you didn't like what I said let me know <laughs> you got it <laughs> Yeah, I'm not I'm not a confrontational <laughs> person at all, but if you Yeah. Yeah. Slide in. DMs are open. Just go for it. Um great. Yes, check out Mar uh, Marinette. He's check so out, um, funny. Michael, you know, all the socials. He's a Thank great you. follow. He's he's a And very I will note this character. comic is not funny though, which is It's not. Yeah. And um you know Right. No, this is yeah, we should make that clear. This is um yes. uh, like an actual story. It's not just uh, ha-has and tee-hees. Um, yeah, it's a really beautiful story. Um, but if you are interested in ha-has and tee-hees, definitely follow uh, Michael's socials. And um, if you uh, were convinced by his argument, go check out the uh, <laughs> Twilight Saga New Moon original motion picture soundtrack. Um, if you think that Stephanie Meyer's made enough money, uh, all the tracks are on YouTube. Uh, and if you want to take a gambit on well, actually sure you receiving the CD, from, you, you can get it on buy Amazon. It from like a local album. Uh, but, uh, support local. Yeah. 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 You could probably buy it from a, like a Zia Records or, a, or something like that. I don't know if this is an Arizona specific thing, but check out a used record store. Go support them. See if they have a copy of uh, the <laughs> New Moon soundtrack. And I want to say thank you guys um, very much for just having me. Buy a different me. CD. Thank you. It was so fun. Bye. Thanks to everybody who tuned in. Please check out laughingpigtheater.org for other podcasts and projects. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review if you had fun so you can show the rest of the world your excellent taste. Trust me, you'll love it!